Crisis abates in Russia but questions remain over Putin's authority. Anatoly Kermenev Ivan Nechipurenko Cassandra Vinograd Cassandra Vinograd Alexander Chupko Christopher Buckley Christopher Buckley Cassandra Vinograd Cassandra Vinograd Cassandra Vinograd Julian E. Barnes Anatoly Kermenev Valerie Hopkins Peter Baker Paul Son Anatoly Kermenev Anatoly Kermenev Valerie Hopkins Cassandra Vinograd Cassandra Vinograd Eric Schmidt Pinned Russians on Sunday confronted a changed country. The strongest challenge to President Vladimir V. Putin's rule was diffused, but there were new questions about his authority and the country's war in Ukraine. In many ways, Yevgeny V. Prigozhin, the head of the mercenary force known as Wagner who led an armed uprising against the military's leadership for nearly 24 hours this weekend, punctured Mr. Putin's strongman authority and aura of infallibility. Mr. Prigozhin's blistering criticism and brazen actions called into question Russia's justifications for its war in Ukraine and the competency of its military leadership. Each hour on Saturday brought news of Mr. Prigozhin's private military company forces inching closer to Moscow, posing a threat to Mr. Putin and raising the specter of a civil war in the nuclear-armed state. Instead, a close ally of Mr. Putin, Alexander G. Lukashenko, the leader of Belarus, stepped in and arranged to have Mr. Prigozhin go to Belarus and avoid criminal charges, while also absolving the Wagner fighters of repercussions. The Kremlin spokesman, Dmitry S. Peskov, said the agreement was struck to avoid bloodshed, to avoid an internal confrontation, to avoid clashes with unpredictable consequences. By nightfall on Saturday, columns of Wagner fighters were seen streaming out of the southeastern Russian city of Rostov-on-Don, a military hub, to the sound of residents chanting the group's name. The impact of such a direct challenge to the Kremlin, which went unpunished, might not be felt for days or weeks. It could have profound implications for the fate of Ukraine and for Russia's global standing as partners like China reassess the strength of Mr. Putin's regime. Here is the latest. Both Mr. Putin's and Mr. Prigozhin's current locations remain unknown. Mr. Putin has not been heard from since making a brief national address on Saturday in which he refrained from mentioning Mr. Prigozhin by name but condemned his actions as treason. Mr. Prigozhin was last heard from late Saturday when he posted an audio statement on Telegram saying he was turning his forces around to avoid bloodshed. Senior U.S. national security officials had indications, as early as Wednesday that Mr. Prigozhin was preparing to take military action against senior Russian defense officials, according to officials briefed on the intelligence. The future of the Wagner Group and Mr. Prigozhin's continued role in it remains unclear. After openly confronting Russia's military leadership, it remains doubtful that Mr. Prigozhin can credibly lead his forces in Ukraine alongside regular Russian forces. Mr. Peskov did not indicate that the uprising would lead to any changes in the Russian military leadership, as Mr. Prigozhin had demanded, and said that Russia's military operations in Ukraine would continue unchanged. In eastern Ukraine, residents saw the rebellion as a distraction for Russia that could help Kiev's forces. It was relatively calm overnight in Ukraine, a stark contrast from the previous day's influx of missiles, Yuri Anat, a spokesman for Ukraine's Air Force, said Sunday morning on national television. Qin Gang, China's foreign minister, held talks with Andrei Rodenko, a Russian deputy foreign minister, in Beijing on Sunday, the Chinese foreign ministry said. 
In a brief statement, the ministry said the pair discussed bilateral relations between the two countries and other international and regional issues of common concern. The statement did not mention the upheaval in Russia. It was relatively calm overnight in Ukraine, a stark contrast from the previous day's influx of missiles, Yuri Anat, a spokesman for Ukraine's Air Force, said Sunday morning on national television. Russian forces fired more than 50 missiles across Ukraine the previous night, leaving three people, dead in Kiev, when debris from a downed missile tore through an apartment building. American intelligence officials briefed senior military and administration officials on Wednesday that Evgeny Prigozhin, the leader of the mercenary Wagner Group, was preparing to take military action against senior Russian defense officials, according to officials familiar with the matter. U.S. spy agencies had indications days earlier that Mr. Prigozhin was planning something and worked to refine that material into a finished assessment, officials said. The information shows that the United States was aware of impending events in Russia, similar to how intelligence agencies had warned in late 2021 that Vladimir V. Putin was planning to invade Ukraine. But unlike with the initial invasion, when U.S. officials declassified the intelligence and then released it to try to deter Mr. Putin from invading, intelligence agencies kept silent about Mr. Prigozhin's plans. U.S. officials felt that if they said anything, Mr. Putin could accuse them of orchestrating a coup. And they clearly had little interest in helping Mr. Putin avoid a major, embarrassing fracturing of his support. In this case, the information that the long-running feud between Mr. Prigozhin, who got his start as Putin's chef in St. Petersburg, and Russian defense officials was about to devolve into conflict was considered both solid and alarming. Mr. Prigozhin is known for his brutality, and had he succeeded in ousting the officials, he would likely have been an unpredictable leader. And the possibility that a major nuclear-armed rival of the United States could descend into internal chaos carried with it a new set of risks. While it is not clear exactly when the United States first learned of the plot, intelligence officials conducted briefings on Wednesday with administration and defense officials. On Thursday, as additional confirmation of the plot came in, intelligence officials informed a narrow group of congressional leaders, according to officials familiar with the briefings who spoke on condition of anonymity because they were not authorized to speak publicly. By Friday night, Mr. Prigozhin had dramatically escalated his feud, launching a march on Moscow that the Russian government described as an attempted coup. On Saturday, he called his fighters off and agreed to flee to Belarus. CNN earlier reported that the United States had briefed congressional leaders about their concerns that Mr. Prigozhin was preparing to challenge Russia's military leadership. For years, Mr. Prigozhin hated Sergei K. Shoigu, the Minister of Defense, and General Valery Gerasimov, the Chief of the General Staff of the Russian Armed Forces, and the feeling was mutual, U.S. officials said. But it took the war in Ukraine, officials said earlier this year, for the animosity to spill into the open, frequently expressed by Mr. Prigozhin in ill-tempered posts on Telegram, a social media platform. In recent months, intelligence officials have tracked the growing animosity between Mr. Prigozhin and leaders of Russia's defense ministry and spent considerable time analyzing it. The intelligence agency's conclusion was that it was a clear sign of the internal tensions caused by the war in Ukraine, a product of Russia's struggle to supply its troops adequately. It was an indication, one official said, of how the war was going badly for both Wagner and the regular military. 
Intelligence reports released as part of the Discord leaks also showed that the United States had intercepted communications between senior Russian military leaders debating how to handle Mr. Prigozhin's constant demands for more ammunition. In interviews before the current crisis, U.S. officials said it was not just Wagner forces that face supply shortages, but the entire Russian military. Those problems have plagued the Russian military for months, but American officials said earlier this week that they had become more obvious as the Ukrainian counteroffensive began. Mr. Putin also may have given Mr. Prigozhin the false belief he could move beyond public criticism to action against his military allies. During the fight for the city of Bakhmut, the U.S. government assessed that Mr. Putin very likely ordered regular Russian units to reinforce Wagner forces. After the capture of Bakhmut, the Russian defense ministry moved to cut down the power of Wagner. Russia forced all volunteers for its forces to sign contracts with the Ministry of Defense. The move cut Wagner off from recruits and meant that for the mercenaries to return to the battlefield in Ukraine, Mr. Prigozhin would have to subordinate his forces to the defense ministry, said Tatyana Stanovea, a senior fellow at the Carnegie Endowment for International Peace. Placing Wagner forces under the control of Mr. Shoigu is out of the question for Mr. Prigozhin, Ms. Stanovea said. Many of Mr. Prigozhin's tensions with the military had played out in public. He used interviews and telegram posts to berate Mr. Shoigu and General Gerasimov, calling them incompetent and charging that they were misleading Mr. Putin about the progress of the war with Ukraine. American officials conceded that there was an element of theater to Mr. Prigozhin's public complaints but that it was nevertheless useful for Mr. Putin, who himself has privately criticized his military leadership for being too passive during the Ukraine war. Still, American officials concluded that Mr. Prigozhin's public statements were not controlled by Mr. Putin. His fight with the Ministry of Defense, officials said earlier this year, was real, not political theater, fueled by the huge casualties Russia had suffered in Bakhmut. Mr. Prigozhin's critique went beyond an argument over needed supplies. He charged that the military leadership was corrupt and incompetent. For their part, some military leaders were jealous of his influence with Mr. Putin, American officials said earlier this year. But it was only in recent days that intelligence officials got the initial warnings that Mr. Prigozhin might take action. Officials said that intelligence agencies had not known what the results of Mr. Prigozhin's actions might be, but they were immediately worried about how it might affect the control of Russia's nuclear weapons. President Biden, speaking in October, talked of the dangers that Mr. Putin would pose if he felt cornered and said the United States was looking for, off-ramps, for Mr. Putin. Since Mr. Prigozhin took action on Friday, American officials have been locked down, saying little publicly about his intentions or what they knew about events on the ground. Officials have been wary, both because events were moving fast and because they did not want to give Mr. Putin any excuse to blame the West for Mr. Prigozhin's actions. But several officials said they fully expected that Mr. Putin would eventually say the uprising was the result of a foreign plot. Mr. Prigozhin is under indictment in the United States for his role in trying to influence the 2016 presidential election in favor of Donald J. Trump. Video player loading. They left as suddenly as they arrived. The columns of Wagner fighters streamed out of the southern Russian city of Rostov-on-Don on Saturday night as some residents chanted the group's name. 
Among those departing was the mercenary group's founder, Yevgeny Prigazin. He left the city's military headquarters, according to a photo posted by an affiliated military blogger. The Kremlin said he would go to neighboring Belarus. In videos posted by local and state media, some residents thanked the Wagner fighters and others hugged them as they prepared to leave for what Mr. Prigazin described as unnamed training camps. Some fired shots in the air as they drove out. The small crowds that gathered to see Wagnerov showed that the group has maintained at least some popular support in Rostov, a city where their fighters have been a regular presence since Russia seized Crimea from Ukraine in 2014 and backed Russian-speaking separatists in the Donbass region in Ukraine's east. The government made a public offer of amnesty to the Wagner rebels. Less than 24 hours earlier, Wagner's seemingly bloodless takeover of Rostov, one of Russia's largest military hubs, appeared to show the group's transformation from a minor paramilitary force into a major political power capable of holding a metropolis of more than a million people. The group's brief tenure in the city produced surreal footage of a short-lived mutiny that dumbfounded the most experienced Kremlinologists. A Wagner tank lodged itself into Rostov circus grounds, and residents were filmed calmly going about their business while masked armed men barricaded the city streets. And a rival paramilitary force of Chechen fighters that was sent to the city to dislodge Wagner never arrived. Through the occupation, the local security forces appeared to offer no organized resistance to Wagner, and there have been no confirmed deaths in a city filled with military personnel. Local media reported that Wagner units had surrounded the local military and security agency offices, barricading officers inside but allowing them to order takeout. Mr. Prigazin said that his force's occupation of Rostov's military headquarters did not disrupt the officers' daily wartime task, coordinating the defenses of occupied Ukrainian territories amid Kiev's ongoing counteroffensive. That claim was impossible to verify, but on Saturday the dramatic events in Russia were not matched by significant developments on Ukraine's battlefields. In less than 24 hours, prosecutors charged Evgeny V. Prigazin with inciting an armed uprising for launching a march on Moscow, then forgave the Russian mercenary leader and his soldiers after they suddenly turned around and began withdrawing from southern Russia as part of a deal negotiated with Belarus. As part of the roller coaster developments, Dmitry S. Peskov, the Kremlin spokesman, told journalists on Saturday night that the criminal case against Mr. Prigazin, the leader of the Wagner mercenary group, would be dropped. Under the terms of the deal, Mr. Prigazin will go to Belarus, Mr. Peskov said, while the fighters who rebelled with him would not be prosecuted, given their service at the front. Wagner fighters who did not participate in the mutiny would have the opportunity to sign contracts with the Russian Ministry of Defense and continue their service, he said, saying their heroic deeds at the front would always be respected. There was a higher goal, to avoid bloodshed, to avoid internal confrontation, to avoid clashes with unpredictable results, Mr. Peskov said in a call with journalists after Mr. Prigazin had confirmed the announcement of a deal by the Belarusian president, Alexander G. Lukashenko, a staunch Putin ally. It was in the name of these goals that Lukashenko's mediation efforts were implemented, Mr. Peskov said. President Putin made a corresponding decision. Mr. Peskov said that Mr. Lukashenko has been acquainted with Mr. Prigazin for a long time, at least 20 years, and that Mr. Lukashenko had personally offered to broker a deal.
Mr. Peskov said the armed rebellion would not impact Moscow's capacity to wage war in Ukraine and that its military operations would continue unchanged. He refused to address speculation that there could be shakeups in the defense ministry. On Friday night, Mr. Prigozhin announced a march for justice to Moscow after alleging that his private military contractors had been attacked from behind by Russian soldiers. The attack has not been verified, and prosecutors in Moscow accused him of mounting an armed coup. As the news of the deal was announced, analysts expressed surprise and shock that tensions had seemingly eased, despite Mr. Prigozhin's seizure of a strategically important command center for Russia's southern military district in Rostov-on-Don, downed three Russian military aircraft and killed 12 of the personnel manning them. Soldiers had been deployed across southern Russia to strengthen regional defenses and roads south of Moscow. It turns out that Prigozhin bet everything he had on his march of justice, spent it at the cost of the lives of a dozen Russian pilots and valuable aircraft, and in the end was left with nothing, exactly what we were afraid of, wrote a military blogger known as Military Informer. Still others were asking about the whereabouts of Defense Minister Sergei K. Shoigu, the primary target of Mr. Prigozhin's ire in months of tirades against Russia's political and military elites. Okay, everything is clear with Putin and Prigozhin, wrote Russian businessman and opposition leader Mikhail B. Khodorkovsky on his Telegram channel. And where is our inflexible Shoigu? The equipment included a tank that had lodged itself inside the grounds of the city circus, creating an oddly symbolic moment. The fighter's departure from Rostov, whose occupation sent an image of strength, added credibility to the deal apparently reached in talks with the Belarusian leader. The Kremlin spokesman, Dmitry S. Peskov, announced that the criminal case against the Wagner leader, Yevgeny Prigozhin, would be dropped. Prigozhin will go to Belarus, Peskov said, and the fighters who rebelled with him would not be prosecuted by law given their service at the front. Wagner fighters who did not participate in the mutiny can sign contracts with the Russian Ministry of Defense, he said. Mikhail Podolyak, an advisor to President Volodymyr Zelensky of Ukraine, seemed surprised by the Wagner leader's decision to turn his forces back from their advance on the Russian capital. You almost nullified Putin, took control of the central authorities, reached Moscow and suddenly, you retreat. Because one very specific intermediary with a dubious reputation, hashtag Lukashenko, promised security guarantees from the person, hashtag Putin, who ordered to destroy you in the morning, he wrote on Twitter.